For some, it took clinical death. For others, it took an inexplicable, spontaneous, out-of-body experience. Something Super Spiritual presents the limited series Forever Changed. Join me as we explore the phenomena known as the near-death experience and the spiritually transformative experience. Both tend to spiritually activate and heal those who have traveled to the other side and back again. Many of these people are spiritually awakened and in some cases, miraculously physically healed from such diseases as cancer. All are left forever changed. Welcome to the first episode of this limited series where we will get the firsthand accounts of people who have come back from NDEs or near-death experiences. Life did a 180 after Mindy Speranza had a near-death experience back in 2013. This conversation with Mindy is chalk-filled with inspirational messages from which all of us can learn. It shouldn't take something as dramatic as a near-death experience for us to spiritually awaken, to really touch the truth within ourselves that we are much more than this body and that life does continue on. IONS, the International Association of Near-Death Studies, classified Mindy's experience as a probable NDE. And her story is transcendent. I mean, her life did a complete flip-flop and she has been living her best life for the last nine years. And it's really inspirational. So uh, please pardon the uh, sound. The background is her little happy puppy (laughs) running around playing behind her. So uh, I'll try, I tried to remove as much background noise as I can, but, but um, you'll hear her little puppy in the background. I hope you guys truly enjoy. Well, it's nice to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. So, you know what? what let, what, what's your story? Let's start at the beginning. Well, uh, how long ago was your NDE? 2013. So, okay. nine years. Nine years ago. Okay. So, let me ask you this. Prior to your NDE, what was your life like? Like, were you um, uh, in a career, family? religion, a regular just rundown of, you know, what life was like before. Okay. So I'll tell you a little bit about what I put in the book, which is I grew up in an institution for child abuse. And I felt that my life was harder than others. That's how I looked at it. And I guess I must have given up on people many, many years before. And so I just blame God because if I didn't have like parents and grandparents, I just went straight up. It had to be God's fault and God must hate me. And that's why my life is hard. So when I was a child, I felt that as soon as it was in my hands, I'd be good because I'll do everything right and nothing bad will happen. And that didn't work. So no matter what I touched, failed. And my thought was, if you have good character and you do the right thing, 
it won't fail. Mm, that never worked. So at the time of the NDE, the near death, I was 52. And I hate to say about 30 pounds heavier and working three jobs, supporting two children and a house and getting taken advantage up, down, left, right, no matter what I did. So I didn't get paid from a job for many weeks and all these other things. I had businesses, but I was the labor. They were the money. So, you know, as soon as I built it, they said, what do we need help for? It's our money out and constant. And the night before the NDE, I had found out some information. I don't know if it was true or not, but it put me over the edge. And I have raised the kids alone with no help. And I found out that my ex had inherited things from the new in-laws. And I had a couple of businesses and I felt pushed out. And I found out one of them, you know, um, she wasn't even in the profession, but she married someone with money. So it became hers, whatever. And I just had it that night. And like I said, I was working three jobs. I was exhausted. And I walked into my room, my bedroom in Staten Island in New York. And I looked at the ceiling and I said, I don't know what kind of God you are, but really God, so-and-so gets the salon, really? So-and-so inherits two houses? I guess that's what you value, but I don't want a God like that in my life. And I meant it and I was done. And God really was the last thing I had. And now I felt like he was an enemy. I didn't really understand why or how, but I just felt like it's got to be coming from him. So I'm going to never look to him again. Like, am I a fool? I'm going to keep barking up the wrong tree, which is God, and things will get worse and worse. And I'm smiling while I already have tears because I know so much better now. And I get it, you know that we're here for lessons and I just wasn't getting, the only thing I was, was a victim. And I was great at it because I was from childhood a victim. So nobody was a better victim than me. And I just said that and I meant it. And I thought to myself, I won't kill myself because of the children, but I will shut down. I will never be stupid enough again to pray for things, to request, to hope, I'm not going to set myself up. Oh, dear. So I'll live numb. And then I thought, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Why didn't I think of that 20 years ago? I thought it was a great idea. And I guess God didn't agree. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) uh, I woke up the next morning. And I was in that mindset still and thinking I'm a genius because I have this new thought and I'm going to stick to it. And I was one of my three jobs was working in a nursing home in Brooklyn. They had uh, Hurricane Sandy and 
they had hired me right after there was new owners in a nursing home. And it was many, many weeks. I never got paid because the people that ran the salon part were not really in the nursing home. They were separate and he was whatever, like a con artist. I don't know. But I thought about it and I said, I felt terrible for the people. And Mm -hmm. I spent time with them and I talked to them and I said, you know, I'm going to just consider this a volunteer job. So I don't go angry and upset, but I still want to go. So I was making breakfast and I just absentmindedly clicked on a little TV in the kitchen. And I heard, we are body, soul, and spirit. And most people have no power in their life because they don't go deep enough. They don't reach spirit. And my first thought was, is that TV talking to me? Because I just told God. So how dare you talk to me? And my second thought was, oh, my God, maybe that's my problem. I don't go deep enough to reach spirit. And even though I was at my wit's end, it grabbed me and it wouldn't let go of me. I didn't even know what it meant, really. Go deep enough to, I don't know what that means. Yep. So I went to work in that kind of confused state. And a few times in work, I said, I want to try that, whatever that is. And I sat down and I closed my eyes and then I thought, oh no, I can't do it here. I'll wait till later. So I got home, time dinner and whatever. Maybe it was 10 o'clock. I sat on the bed. And the best way I could describe it is When you pray, you go inside. Right now, me and you are out, right? Our thoughts, our vision is outside. If we pray, we usually go within. So I went within where I pray. I laid down. And I pictured myself pushing in deeper, whatever that means. Next thing I know, in an instant, I'm out of my body. And I rose up through the ceiling through the roof, out into the air. And I said, is it really up? Everything is up? God, dead people. That was my first thought. It's really up? (laughs) And then I heard, when I got outside, I switched dimensions. And I didn't care if I lived or died. That body could have been Mm -hmm. dead back there. I don't care. I switched dimensions and I heard he knows every hair on your head, Mindy, and every moment matters. And where it matters is in your soul. And in that minute, I felt this love draining all the pain of a lifetime down to my feet. And healing me straight back up. And I looked over to the right. I saw the stars and I said, oh, my God, this is my home. This is where I'm from. And I just knew it. I had a knowing. And then I was taken to, I guess, wherever the guides wanted me to land. I felt I had two with me. And I started being taught. 
seeing images, being taught lessons. Now I have the book because I want to say correctly because it's nine years, you know, I remember it every day, but I want to just make sure that I do it in in the order because for some reason I feel like it's not very long. Although when I came back, I didn't know if I was there for 10 hours or 10 minutes. I didn't, I couldn't tell. And they taught me about that too about time and space. And I did write, no words were heard as sound. They were just there in my mind. And that is true. It was all telepathic. And I described it as liquid love because that's how it felt, all consuming and certainly took away everything. Okay. I now know I was loved by God. He was the one I had questioned and blamed my whole life. His love was all that mattered, and I felt it. It was now part of me. I felt it in me and continue to. Believe it or not, I get the chills reading. I only read this once. I was then shown images of the sun, the stars, and the moon. The moon started coming closer and closer, bigger and bigger. I saw the moon surface. And then I heard God is the sun, the stars, and the moon. Is the moon mad at you, Mindy? I then understood that God was omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent everywhere. And he had much bigger things to do than to be mad at me. Then I saw three Mindy's, a flesh Mindy, an outline like a gingerbread cookie. It was really the ethereal body, the energetic body, but it kind of was like soft edges. You know, that's, I didn't know how to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a wind of Mindy. And I heard, and you know, again, when I say I heard, put in my mind the wind is your spirit it is one with all just like the air from brooklyn to staten island doesn't change spirit from one person to another doesn't change and i remember thinking they said staten island <laughs> and I was there, like, it was too familiar to yeah, be yeah. out of space, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they talk in our language, you know? Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> For the first time in my life, I knew what we are all one meant. And that's in spirit. When they say our souls are one, no, no, no. They didn't tell me that. They said spirit. I was then directed to the outline of Mindy. It was filled with some type of liquid up to my ankles. And I heard, this is your soul. It is empty to your ankles because even though your actions were good, you were filled with fear and resentment. And God does not attach to fear, resentment, or any negativity. Negativity will not fill your soul, but drain your soul. Then they told me there is another place. I saw three small cardboard boxes corrugated on the inside. I don't know. Symbolism for them. I don't know. 
I saw them fall to the wayside. I understood that there is a lower place, another dimension. The thought came to me, but what if I go back and do it again? How will I know what to do? And now that I realized I'm part of what's happening in my life, I wanted to make sure I didn't recreate the bad. Immediately, I was told, you will know by the word. I had no use of my ears. All information was directly placed in my mind. I was directed to a silver beam of light higher up in the sky to my left. It was perfectly radiant light with sparks of life. It had a pulse. It was floating and alive. The beam appeared to have energy. Words started to appear on either side of the beam. Hundreds of words, good words on the right, bad words on the left. And again, I heard, you will know by the word. Good words have good energy. Bad words have bad energy. There is no gray area. Your life will go in the direction of your thoughts, and it can't be based on your circumstances. That is the meaning of free will, and that is the only meaning of free will. And it is your responsibility to fill your soul. I then saw my ex-husband and ex-business partner in the same context of body, soul, and spirit. And I was told, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And what they do is to their soul. I remember looking around, experiencing this overwhelming presence and power of the universe. It went on forever. And I was told there is no time and no space. In fact, I knew that it was ever increasing and goes on forever. I also know that when wherever I was, was very close, was very dense with souls and very crowded. There was so much more going on, more than I saw or experienced. And then I was told, you are in the others. I still get chills when I relive those words. I had never heard that word others before. When I came back from the other side, I looked it up. And Wikipedia defines it as, according to ancient medieval science, the Evers, also spelled ether, also called quintessence, is the material that fills the region of the universe above the terrestrial sphere. So I looked it up in the dictionary, and one of the definitions is the upper regions of space, the clear sky, the heavens. I have come to understand that the others are the in-between, the space between heaven and earth. I was in the in-between. For a split second, I saw an image of a peaceful man in a blue turban. And my impression was that there are many religions and one was no better than the other. I saw two profiles of faces, eye to eye, face to face, floating, looking into each other's eyes. And at the same time, I heard, go back and tell others. They wanted me to tell people what happened and what I had learned. 
I thought that was odd. It seemed like an impossible task. Who would believe it? I was to follow these instructions and try to put them to use in my everyday life. I was then shown an elderly white man, pale, thin, and frail. He was wearing boxer shorts and floating in a hospital bed in outer space. I know it sounds crazy. He had, (laughs) not to us, he had white facial stubble. I was told that when someone suffers at the end of their life, there is a reason and a purpose, a sort of burning away of karma. Although that word was never used, there would be a benefit on the other side. I woke up and it was morning. The next day I was back. I don't know how long I was there. That drove me crazy for a long time until I finally gave up trying to figure it out. Was I there 10 minutes or 10 hours? It didn't matter. I woke up knowing that I was forever changed. I was not the same person. I was when I had gone to bed. I was elated, floating. Everything was different. At first, I felt like I was a newborn baby. I was a stranger in a new world. I was joyful for the first time in my life. And now I knew the rules. And then it really began because then I wanted to uh, live up to this gift and change my thoughts. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I realized how toxic I was. And now they told me good thoughts will bring good things and bad thoughts will bring bad things. I couldn't string three good thoughts together. I didn't even know what that meant. And I Mm -hmm. had to start like a child. I thought to myself, I'll write down good words. So I'll get to know them. I couldn't think three words. And I said, wait a minute. Whatever's not bad is good. They told me that. So the cup must be good. The color purple is not bad. A flower. (laughs) Anything that I didn't think was bad, I just wrote it. Yeah. And I said, oh, my God, I'm surrounded by good. I never saw that before. I would only concentrate on the bad and the fear. Sure. And they also had told me to forgive. You know, it didn't stop when I came back. This is the thing. I heard voices. Every time I went near my TV, I would be like, why is there a radio on somewhere? I couldn't understand what I was hearing. It sounded just like staticky voices. I never could find the radio. I didn't catch on everything, what was happening. And I would watch spiritual shows while I was getting dressed for work. And I would feel from inside of me like a burning away. Like, uh, wait, I'll do it for you. Once I give the dog what he never gets, you know, just now. (laughs) Um, He's not even eating them. He's just throwing them around. (laughs) I felt like pain, like would come up through me and I would cry, but I knew it was somehow healing me and helping me anyway. That happened every day for about a year. And uh, I apologized every day to God. I felt terrible that I had accused him. I also felt him hovering over me when I was there as if he sent the guides on assignment, like get this girl up here. 
because she got yeah. no clue what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just felt him kind of overseeing it in an energy form. Mm-hmm. And I think um, he healed me. But when they, they didn't do that part. But when they said he knows every hair, I knew it wasn't him speaking. See? Yeah. But only thing he did directly was the healing. And um, that was the liquid love. Yeah, that was the liquid love that came directly from God. And the rest was just overseeing. Yeah, I had a lot of work to do when I came back. So it took me a long time to write the words. My goal was 100. I don't think I ever got 100. But as I worked on it over the months, it took me months. I used to carry the notebook around. I started to change. And I knew I had to heal. And I felt empowered because he said it would work with my thoughts. My outer life somewhat changed, but my internal life is what really changed. Oh, yeah. I was no longer a victim. I that stayed to this day. I mean, I get it, you know. I also get that we're here for lessons, and this is our road and our path, and stay in your lane. And do mm-hmm. what's the next thing in front of you. They uh, gave me a dream when I came back. A lot of things. But I dreamt maybe the next night or the or two nights, like close, mm-hmm. that I was walking in a meadow on a road, like a path all surrounded with uh, grass. And they kept dropping giant stone concrete words in front of me. And I would walk to that word. And then down the road was the next word. And then the next. And I said, they're still teaching me. I knew that it wasn't over, you know? Yep. And I mean, I wrote a lot more things as far as after. Oh, here. This is a chapter on forgiveness. I had forgiven my mother before the NDE when I was 21. She had told me she was never on a plane and I had been on a plane once. So I said, pick anywhere you want to go and I'll pay for myself. You pay for yourself and we'll go. And she picked Disneyland. And at that time I saw her for who she was. I hadn't had the near death. I was only 21, but I was able to forgive her thinking this is, She's limited. This is all she could give. You know, she had five daughters and she was working day and night, similar to me, but I have two children, a girl and a boy. And she just was weak or broken spirit soul, but she was a medium and she was very spiritual. And that's what always got her through. And I would be horrified, embarrassed, you know, about it in front of my friends. But guess what? So anyway, um, (laughs) I just want to see if there's important parts. Everything is important because this book is maybe 90 something pages, right? I wanted Mm -hmm. it like that. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be every word meaningful, Mm -hmm. nothing elaborated, everything factual. And uh, even the way I wrote the book. I had been giving someone, I went on blog talk radio, because, you know, then all of a sudden now I'm seeking everything. 
-hmm. And what helped me the most was the near-death experience page. Oh, my God. Ned, you know Ned, uh, that saved me because I didn't think anyone else ever had this. I didn't even know what I had. I didn't say... They want to say it wasn't a near death, but the reason I say it to me, it is as far as all the meanings I could have chosen. Right. A near death, you go on the other side where they go when they die, and you're usually changed forever. I thought an out of body didn't fit me because it kind of seemed to stay in the atmosphere, the out of body, Mm -hmm. and I didn't. Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. out. And I just didn't relate to any of the other terms. So people want, you know, medical or whatever. It doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. I'm different. And I was where you go when you die. And if I didn't come back, I don't know what that body was doing. And I didn't care. So to me, it's comfortable to say Mm -hmm. near death. Okay. But that group helped then somehow. I know how I found blog talk radio and somebody while I was talking was typing saying, do you have a book? And I said, no, but they were already bothering me because they said, go back and tell others. Yes. I didn't want to write a book because I'm a hairdresser and I don't care. You see, I couldn't even get on zoom. I had no interest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she said, I can help you. And she gave me a price to pay her, send it monthly, and she'll take dictation. And this went on about four months until I realized she's never writing this book. She's just going to keep taking the money. (laughs) So then when I realized what was happening, I said, oh, I'm out. You know, I didn't care anyway. And I had that freedom to say, if you want it done, you do it. And that's what I said, because I had no attachment. I felt like I just had to. But not of my own, but, you know, and I did want to honor everything. So I went to work the day I realized that I'm not going to keep sending money to this woman who kept asking the same questions for four months and did nothing. Right. And a client came in with a group on and she seemed upset. I would say she was early 50s and. We talked and she told me she was Egyptian and she was very sweet and she was upset. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, I'm a real estate agent and I'm selling my father-in-law's house. And I think the buyer is going to back out and they're going to be mad at me. And I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to do to her? You know, taking all these things. And I said, well, did you try your best? She goes, yeah. I said, that's all you can do. I said, don't worry, it's going to work out. I go, you know what happened to me? <laughs> you know, Because just that morning, I realized what happened to me. Yeah, and yeah. I told her, I had a near-death, blah, blah, blah. They're bothering me to write a book. I have no peace until I write it. And I'm sending <laughs> this woman money. And she says, it's my dream my whole life to write a book. I'll write it for you. So, you know, they did that. Oh. So I said, okay. I said, but I'm not sending you money. I'll give you 20%. I didn't even know what it meant of whatever the book makes. She goes, okay. So we met in Barnes and Noble once a week for months. I talked and she typed. And then at the end, we had a manuscript and we went upstairs 
you know, Starbucks was downstairs to all the books, whatever, on publishing. And you need an agent. Even though we were in New York, she goes, oh, you're in the best place to publish. By the time we figured this out, she goes, I'm out. I don't know how to do this. No, she would write letters to that. Nobody would even talk to us. Okay. So now I had a manuscript in a package for about a year in my house. And now I'm saying, you do it. <laughs> that was so good. Yep. I can't say that about anything. I should probably say it about everything. But I knew how bad they wanted it. Yeah. Yep. And I said to a friend of mine one day, you know, I have this manuscript here and I feel like this pressure to get it out there. And I don't know what to do. I found this online, this create space page, and I can't navigate. I can't do the internet. She goes, let me see. She goes, oh, there's a phone number. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so we called them and they walked us through. And one of the really interesting parts is I named it, your life will go in the direction of your thoughts and it can't be based on your circumstances because I felt that was the most important thing they told me. And every word in the book was only what happened. I didn't add really, you know, a little bit of how right. I felt, but... So I wanted to pass that on. And I got the cover. And you know, you pay for the shine, the font, the this, the that. It was this picture. And in script, it said, your life will go in the direction of your thoughts. And it can't be based on your circumstances. And I had the proof. And I sent in the money. And I was all happy. And I sat on the bed. And I opened my laptop. And I heard, change the title of the book. And I said, why do I got to change the title of the book? <laughs> <laughs> they said, we want the word heaven in it. I said, but I wasn't in heaven. You told me I was in the others. And they said, look it up. And that's what I added in there. I had to look it up. And oh. it said, whatever, the fifth dimension. I go, okay, you win. So now to uh -huh. do that over. So I didn't even name it because it's not mine. You right. understand, okay. I don't take ownership. I just do it for so, them. So we've been talking about this for this long now. Tell everybody the name of your book and where they can find it. Visit to Heaven, What I Learned on the Other Side by Mindy Speranza, and it's on Amazon. Okay. I'll put a link to that in the show And notes. in the library and Barnes & Noble. Uh, who was telling you that this may not have been an actual NDE, but... People who Whatever. don't have NDEs love to comment <laughs> okay. on the pages. You understand? Okay. Nobody told yep, me, yep. but I see what they say. Like if you don't have medical records, but that's not true. And anybody who's had an experience would never say that. Yeah. You know, what I find so interesting is those that have a clinical NDE, where their body is like so flat out expired, right? Yeah. As uh, compared to what, what you experience and what others that I have interviewed experienced, um, that they're not quite sure if they like clinically died. But regardless, Doesn't you guys matter. are having the same experience. That's right. You're having the same experience. And that is just uh, amazing. Absolutely. I mean, amazing. I feel like if I stayed in the room and hovered, I might have mm -hmm. said it was an out-of-body. But where I went, we don't go. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't go out of body either, but you know what I'm saying? It just yes. fit. Mm-hmm. So I never saw someone who had an experience question anything because they mm-hmm. have understanding, but people yes. who don't, they want to categorize it. I don't mm-hmm. care if they do, but I got to yeah. do what I feel is comfortable. And I'm sure. in one of those, um, is it Irons maybe where they published yep. the story and they wrote possible NDE. International Association of Near-Death Studies. And they have all the categories. Because, yeah, you know, I was, uh, right, Irons. I was so depressed at such a state of depression that it's an illness. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I could have maybe not come back either way. So it just, that's what feels comfortable to me. And that's okay. Yeah. It's perfect. Know. You know? I know. So when you realized you were elsewhere, mm-hmm. the, the, the other a different dimension where you yes. were like trying to like put it together, right? Did you experience any kind of fear? Did you, did you, oh, were you like, oh, no, they cured all my fear. It's funny you use the word fear because I said for many years, I'm talking 30 years before that, that my only emotion was fear. That's all I felt because of my oh, life. Wow. Yeah. And they completely took that away. And they the said, fear is not of God, they told me. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have to continue that sentence. That's all I had yep. to hear. If it's not of yeah, God, yeah. It's, of, it's something else. You were communicating like telepathically or like chunks of information blocks just kind of like drop in your mind or whatever. Do you ever remember thinking, how is this happening? Or, or, no. uh, maybe because I remember thinking, well, when they said Staten Island, <laughs> I yeah. thought, you know, and also I saw the surface of the moon. I remember thinking, I could see the surface of the moon. Like those yeah. were times when I kind of pulled out in a minute, you know, had some mm-hmm, abstract mm-hmm. thoughts, but I was very yep. meshed. And when I said, what if I go back and do it again? I had a flash of my children and I knew I'd be going back that second. But other than that, oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It felt so good. And to not be in the body felt normal and natural. Like you took a tight suit off, no body issues, no health, no pain, no weight, no, just comfortable. Wow. And yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Do you remember how you saw? Like, do you, do you remember like you as you're looking at the moon or you're looking at the stars as you were seeing? No, they brought um, it up to me. They brought oh. that moon closer for some reason. Wow. Or maybe yeah. if I turned in that direction, it came felt like it came closer. I don't know, but I remember the moon moving towards me so much that I said I could see uh, the surface. So. Mm-hmm. And the rest was, the stars were so beautiful. I mean, I think I wrote more throughout the book, but mm-hmm. what we see pictures of, now they're starting a little bit to get a little more right, uh, uh, bright, the pictures, and there's thousands and thousands dense stars. There's not much room from what I saw. And they were beautiful and alive and the colors and not like a star and then a lot of black, no. Yeah. Maybe in certain parts on the way up. 
But the mm -hmm. higher I got, the denser the stars got. And why I thought I'm made up of the same thing as the stars, the particles. I could have said that about anything, but it's the stars that for mm -hmm. some reason I knew this was where I was from and I was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. So you said you felt like you had two beings, two guides with you. Yes. Did, did you see them or did you no. just feel them? I felt them enough to kind of feel, see, feel, sleep, see, slash, see, like yeah. a shape yeah. or an image on both sides. And uh, I think they were male, both. Mm -hmm. And I feel that they're always with me. I don't know if they were only assigned that day to me. I don't know. You know, of course, I didn't know anything before. And for a long time, I stayed very close. And sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, you do have guides, Mindy, that you can pray to or call on. You forget because now nine years later, you know, I'm back in life. Never what I was. I've never been depressed again. Stressed, nervous. Oh. Yes. But it never goes deep enough for depression because maybe I lost the victim part. I needed that for the depression. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That was going to be my next question. So having had that experience and almost a decade going by since, how have you changed personally? Oh, I mean, I still am a hairdresser. Yeah. I'm still... I can't even call them kids. I mean, my children, are, I tell them they're older than me now. Yeah. Uh, and I still pay all the bills and I work very hard. But I was able to lose a lot of weight. I was able to relocate from New York to Florida. Um, I don't get the fear. I have tremendous understanding now. And I can be happy, even with problems. I was nothing like that. And wow. I just don't live in fear. That's the biggest thing. I have my moments when things go wrong or financially I get a little worried, but it's not like I don't live in it. I have yeah. moments. Yes. And I know how to pull myself out and have faith. And yeah. if something doesn't work out, I can think um, we all have our issues, our problems, our road. And this is my road. And we're here for lessons at school and I have to take it and walk through it. So in that way, it helped me tremendously. But I didn't get a magic wand. You yeah. know, I still have to do it. We're here yeah. at school. So mm -hmm. I do it. I do what I have to do. I don't love it, but I do it. <laughs> so how has it changed you spiritually? Well. From not knowing and not being sure, I'm sure. And I know. I'm much more intuitive. I can hear. I can see. Uh, oof. I'm shaking my head because uh, about six months ago, someone came to me on the side of the bed, a man. And I looked over and it was about 9.30 at night. And he looked kind of 
weather-beaten. And I said, if I talk to him, it's never going to stop. It's going to open up and I'm not ready. And I turned away and I am guilty for six months. Well, today my car lease is up and I go to the dealership and we're talking and that his son died of an overdose, whatever, a couple of years ago. And he shows me a picture. My heart fell. I think it was him. I mean, I didn't ask his name. You know what I mean? The kid, whatever. He wasn't a kid. But I said to him, is is he this age? Would he wear this type of, is he this height? Yes, yes, yes. I said, oh my God. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to take it on at that moment because, you know, I kind of said, listen to God, if you want me to do more in that area, you got to lighten up. I'm working on, like, I don't have the time. Yeah. Yeah. So those kind of things. Yeah. Much more. I will be of service more if I feel able to, Mm -hmm. you know, as, I don't know. That's theirs again. That's theirs. You know what I mean? You want me to do yeah. it? You mm-hmm. figure it out. And yep. that's it. And but you'll there's know. many other things that I can, you know, I used to hear the clients thinking when I first went back and I was doing their hair, I would hear their thoughts and I would say, it's not my business, like in my own head. Oh. And I was like, how can I tell them? And, and I would go about it another way. Like, so how's this going? Because I already heard it. And the client was in the chair and I heard uh, England and sadness. And I said, you know, how's everything? Are you going to go on any trips? And she's like, well, I have to go to England because my father died. And I think my brother stole the money. And I'm like, oh, God, like, (laughs) you know, these kind of things that went on for probably two years. Things have lessened. Maybe I can recreate them. I don't. But, oh, it made me a better hairdresser. I laid down my life for those clients. You know what I mean? Everything I do has meaning. And I'm just so good to them. And, you know, it's my pleasure. So even that got better. The creativity, of course. Well, I'm not, you know, depressed. So that helps. Yeah, it it sounds to me like you're you're just, you're present in a way that you hadn't been ever. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and that is just it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I wondered if your spidey senses, your sp- your spiritual spidey senses, might have kicked up a beat since since having. Well, when that experience. I first came back, I remember in that group in the near death group, uh, writing to them that uh, I just want to be normal. Like I have one foot in and one foot out, and it's so strange. If I would try to meditate, I would think my soul was going to leave again. It felt like it was, and I didn't want it to. And it felt like almost too much. And you know, now that it's not doing that. (laughs) No, I want it back. But yeah, those (laughs) were magical times for me. The first even three years, I'll say, were really, I wasn't here. Mm -hmm. But as time went on, I became what you would say is more grounded. And, you know, that is the plan. Anyway, I'm not at all what I was. And I'm very mm. spiritual. But I'm here. Yes. And I'm here to do whatever they want me to. You know, the guides and God and whatever my life lessons are. And that's it. But I'm not the same now. But I don't 
uh, well, maybe that's wrong because lately I find that I am overdosing on YouTube videos maybe the past 10 months or so every day about these uh, spiritual topics and psychic mm -hmm. readings. And I just mm -hmm. can't get enough. It's a, oh, a yeah. touch, you know, it's a touch to me. Yep. And I guess it's re-revving up, you yep. know. Yep. You're the first podcast where I'm on. Well, the second, because somebody got me off guard. I was talking to someone, all of a sudden a screen came up. But um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's in their hands. Again, yeah. it's in their hands. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I, I also find it um, really beautiful. It also feels to me... You're much more connected to your heart. Yes. Having had that experience and and being connected to your heart in that way, your capacity for compassion is in a way that you've never experienced. Oh, yeah. And to have compassion for the people in front of you, to recognize that, you know, we're all struggling with something somewhere. Yes. Some of us more than others. and. And to recognize also that that is, um, it's not who we are when we're in those places of fear. And, you know, like like with your mother, where you were explaining how you 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 had this aha moment. Like, mm -hmm. oh, she really did do the best she could with what she had, you know? Right. And, and even though that was early on, I mean, this, this is, it's just like um, exacerbated. It's just like... <clears throat> since your experience. Oh, yeah. Well, I also know that I'm responsible for everything I do feel, say, or allow myself to feel. Let me say it that way, because they do come up naturally. But yep. I think more so because of the experience. I'm like, I remember yelling when I realized my last job, because now I went on my own, uh, in Florida, which was two years ago. It was, I took five jobs the first year because I kept leaving salons. It just, nothing worked. Mm -hmm. And the last one I really loved until I realized it's a click and I'm not going to get a client. And I went into panic and I yelled at them and I go, you know, you're a click and I'm nervous now and I'm afraid and I'm yelling at you and I'm going to have to answer for that because I know better. <laughs> like, you know, so <laughs> even when it happens, I know better. Yes. It's still not the same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wish that I could grow even more. It's never enough. Life's hard, you know. I want to see the road before me. Yes. But I can't always do that. Yeah, we all do. I mean, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want a magic wand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, the magic wand is faith. And I've learned that faith means trust in God and the unseen. That, that and I didn't true. understand that. And that's a hard one for me still, because, you know, I'm used to doing everything and I forget to ask or even incorporate. I'm like, Oh, I'll do it. I'll get it done. I'll and then I get frustrated, you know, or I'm not trusting. I'm not trusting enough. I'm just, if I don't do it, it won't get done. Sometimes mentality. Yeah. But I think the more faith I have, the easier life is. You know, that's true. There is absolutely something to be said for it's that. Hard. It's, it's, it is hard. 
It is. And it's scary. It's, it's scary. scary. Yep. You know, trusting, having faith is surrendering. Mm-hmm. And surrendering is scary. There's no it's two ways scary. around it. Scary. Because sometimes I find myself saying, like, I trust God for some things, but I don't know about that. If he'll do, you know yeah. what I mean? Or he never totally. did it before, so why should he now? And that, you know, that's me being on the earth. Yeah. Oh, my God. Take those words seriously. Yeah. Fearlessly surrender. That's my reminder. I love that. Every day. And does that mean to have faith to you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trust. Faith. Yeah. Faith is um, trust. Mm -hmm. And in things unseen and unknown. But trust meaning that God has your best interest. See, I didn't think he did. Now I think mm -hmm. he does. But I forget mm -hmm. even to incorporate that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I know he loves me. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. And I know he's not going to make anything easier for it. It has nothing to do with that. You know, that's not a sign of love from God if you have an easy life. Because we came with things to accomplish and assignments. And if we don't do them, uh, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. So understanding of it is love because yeah. it makes it easier. But he mm -hmm. doesn't take them away right. until I learn. Until I learn the lesson. Yeah. Once you learn the lesson, check that off the list. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, Mindy, after having had that experience and recognizing the after effects as you moved forward in your life, what else did you notice about your own growth? Well, I wrote here, I started to monitor my thoughts. Nothing had changed in the material world. My earthly situation was the same. I still had three jobs. I started a new job with a tough crowd of people. I was hired as the manager, and they didn't want to be managed. They were together a long time, and I was new. I now knew that I was responsible for my thoughts. So now here I am back, right? And I can't be the same because they told me your life will go in the direction. Okay. So now I have a new dilemma. Yep. Okay. So their negativity was thrown at me as a way to take responsibility for my thoughts. Because when you come back, and I don't want to say when you come back, I want to say every one of us are having lessons and we're in school. We just don't realize it, but then I knew it. So now everything that's happening, I'm like, uh-oh. I don't know if it's from them, but I know I'm responsible. So I decided to write down all the good things. I had to bring the book to work and keep writing because I was just back and I was still trying to change. And I had never focused on the good before. So, like I told you, I wrote down the simplest things, and a lot of miracles were happening around me. A few weeks after the near death, I was standing by the kitchen sink, and a feeling came over me that a lesson was about to begin. And 
I remember almost feeling slightly faint and holding on to the counter. And it wasn't to hurt me. It was to teach me. But, oh, I wrote, I remember gripping the counter and saying, God, please don't make it too painful or too hard. And the next day, I was going to have a cleaning girl to the house. And I didn't have it very often. So I didn't have like relationships. So I would just ask a friend, do you have someone? And, and I didn't know her. She was about 17. She had just arrived in the country. And I let her in and I went to work. That's what I did, you know. And I came home later that night and I saw a $100 bill on the floor. And in my mind, I thought, oh, no. Because I had been saving under my bed in a Dolly Parton doll box. <laughs> little by little, for about 15 years, for my daughter's sweet 16. And I knew that it was coming up soon. And I had stashed every dime in that box. And my car lease was up, just like today. And I was dreading it. And I took out the box and it was empty. All the money was gone. And I broke down. And I went on my knees thinking it took me 15 years to save this. And oh all God. the years I went without. And in my anguish and crying, I heard God say, stay with me, Mindy. Don't go down. Don't go down with the money. If you don't go down with the money, you won't lose one thing you were saving for. And I wrote here, can you imagine that? Hearing God speak directly to you, I was drowning. I did my best to stay with God, to have faith and to trust him, which I now know trust and faith are the same words. That's what this lesson of loss was meant to teach me. The word faith just means trust in God. The pain of losing the money would bubble up inside me, but the desire to stay faithful to God, who's making me read this stuff so I can remember, <laughs> was stronger than the pain. I decided to stay with God. That meant keeping my thoughts positive under these circumstances, just like they told me, and to put into practice what I had learned on the other side. By the next week, my car lease was up. I was supposed to go to work in Brooklyn on Sunday. I only had one client and she canceled. And I thought, oh my God, I have no money, no clients. I, you know, I start thinking this way. And it goes on and continues because I have many miraculous stories that um, what to teach me. And I still do. It's funny because I was there today. Like I told you when his son had passed, but um, it turned out that I charged the trip to Disney, shortened it. And instead of taking my son and daughter, I just took my daughter and I have a client for many, many years, like 30 years, let's say. And he came maybe every three or four weeks for a haircut. Mm -hmm. And when, after I cut his hair, he gave me like a stack of money with a money clip. And I go, what's this? He goes, you had a lot of hard punches in life. And I want to give you a good punch. 
And I know these were the things that were happening nonstop. And he gave me $2,500. Oh, wow. And we had a great trip. And these, but I did what God said. He said, stay with me. Don't lose faith now. You know how hard that was in my oh, anguish? My stars, yes. To say, okay, I'll trust you. That meant don't hurt. Yeah. If you're going to trust me, don't hurt inside. Don't hurt. Mm-hmm. Be faithful. That was so hard. But that was one of the greatest lessons I ever had. I mean, that just brought tears to my eyes. That's just like beautiful. And, you know, I think these things happen all the time. And we don't know because... We didn't have maybe the, ex- many people have it. You don't have to go on the other side. You know that. Yeah. yeah to have a yeah. spiritual awakening. What do you, what would you like to leave the listeners with? Definitely God is love. And it's such a cliche, but it healed me. And I didn't give him enough credit before, after, during, seriously. But that was the only feeling that I had from him at all. Well, love, protection, caring, and he's not trying to hurt us. And we all have our road. And if you can take it in stride, that's half the battle. Beautiful. You're not going to get away with everything. You're not going to just get, you know. Yeah. There's certain things we came to do. and. They're going to come up. <laughs> Did they tell you where that plan originates within ourselves? Did they tell you? Only the slightest part of that was when they said, if you suffer, they didn't say you. They said, if someone suffers at the end of their life, it was like a burning away of karma. They didn't say karma. hmm but it was kind of paying off a little a little bit here to be able to go a little higher there. It's mm-hmm. not in vain to suffer. Right. At the end, they said at the end of your life. So I try to take each word. I guess if you suffer anytime, but for some reason that was pointed out to me. I didn't ask, you know, I was like, yeah. okay, thanks. <laughs> I didn't ask that <laughs> question. And I didn't ask uh where am I? But they said, you're in the Evers. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's nice. They want me to know where I am. Yeah. You know, but uh, I, I only got what they wanted me to get. I mm-hmm. think everybody, I know everybody's is different. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's life is different. And when they say, how come yours is different than the next person? Well, how come your life is different? Yeah. It's the same. And there's still a lot to do. On the mm-hmm. other side. Mm-hmm. And we, I never lost consciousness that I remember, that I know of. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, I floated up, I was conscious. Yeah. I crossed over, I was conscious. Yeah. So it's nice to know, I guess. Well, it's nice to know because it felt good there. Yeah. But we don't lose consciousness. If you close your eyes here, they're opened over there. And that's, that's exactly nice. How I have I no fear it. of death mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. That went away. It was awesome. miraculous. Very. On so many levels. Yes. And it's still happening and I'm still learning. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, thank you. This this conversation to be had can be so inspiring for so many people. And it, can, and it can instill hope in so many people that are feeling hopeless. Yes. And those are the ones I want to reach because that was me. Yeah. yeah so there is a plan you. and mm -hmm. it's not to hurt us. It's a mm -hmm. good plan. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you again for listening to the Something Super Spiritual Podcast. If you know someone who would enjoy this episode, please do share it with a friend. For show notes, links, and to purchase a mediumship reading, my website is somethingsuperspiritual.com. You can also easily subscribe and follow the show on your favorite app, sign up for my newsletter for bonus content, and to keep the conversation going, you can easily join the Facebook community. It's all right there at the website, somethingsuperspiritual.com. Signing off for now, namaste. Namaste.